Celebrating over two decades of consecutive broadcasts on the great game of horse racing in Las Vegas, the Race Day Las Vegas show thanks all of our listeners and sponsors for your appreciated support. The following is a Race Day Las Vegas presentation in association with Sirocco Productions Limited on the Race Day Las Vegas radio network. From the gaming capital of the world, time for Race Day Las Vegas, covering the sport of kings with a Las Vegas perspective. Now to the race desk with your host, Ralph Sirocco. From the backstretch to the turf club, at the race books and on the internet, to all horse players around the world, a good morning. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to the Race Day Las Vegas radio program for this Wednesday as we begin another week covering the great sport of Kings Las Vegas style right here from our studios, home base, Sports Talk 1400 AM in Las Vegas. And of course, covering the world as you know we do on our internet uh, websites, racedaylasvegas.com, .vegas.world.global. Uh, your iPhone or your Android with your app that you can get at your app store, the KSHP radio station app. You can hear us now. And, of course, anywhere you get your podcasting. So, however, wherever, whenever you get us, welcome to the show for this beginning of another racing week here in Las Vegas. Right now it's cold here. Simply put, it's cold in Las Vegas. Look at out the uh, window of the studio here. About 10 minutes after 7 a.m. Pacific time, we see the sun is shining. The sky is blue. There's a little bit of a breeze in the air, and I'll tell you why. It's because right now here in Las Vegas, here at the studio, it's 41 degrees. Now, when I left the house, the little temperature gaze on your car registered 33 degrees. So right now it's 41. We're going to get up to 54. We're topping out at 54. And I got to tell you, tomorrow, Thursday, here in Las Vegas, we got a 24% chance of rain and the high is only going to be 50. Now, we get into the weekend, and it's going to be right right there, right around there, the mid-50s highs, and right around freezing overnight. So we are really in the, uh, we're in the grip of uh, some cold weather as we see it here in Las Vegas. Now, I know the weather is colder in other places, trust me, but uh, that's the deal here. Now, as far as uh, around the country... For those of you listening to us on all of those different platforms that we stream around the country, around the world, really, uh, it's clear up and down the Pacific Coast, it's clear in the Gulf Coast, and it's clear in the Atlantic Coast. But man, right smack dab in the middle of the country, Arkansas, Oklahoma, Nebraska, Missouri, it's a mess. And we, we got rain and we got Lots of rain and portions of ice and snow up in Nebraska, etc. And uh, some snow going on way up there in the northern part of Maine going into Canada. And, you know, the fronts have been coming through here on the west coast. The fronts have been coming through here. And, you know, you know, the jet stream goes from west to east. All of those storms up in northern, uh, the northwest and slamming into California with all record type of rainfall there. And rain, we're getting rain here in Las Vegas. Today it'll be sunny, though, 54 degrees. But those fronts uh, are coming through. <clears throat> snowpack, man, we got snowpack in the Sierras. We got snowpack in Colorado. All good for trying to fill up Lake Mead again for us. But right now it's that winter weather. It's really that simple. 32 degrees in Denver, which is just about the same here. And, uh, well, Miami is a, a different story. 77 degrees, come on. Washington, 55. New York, 51. L.A. is going to be 61. So you get the picture. Anyhow, 
Uh, we have no cancellations today for the tracks that uh, are supposed to be operating. But I can tell you this. Turf Paradise, um, they say, is scheduled to run today. But it canceled on Monday. And they expect it to be canceled again on Saturday. And so, with that in mind, you got to just pay very much of an attention to Turf Paradise. Because uh, they're on and off with the cancellations, etc. there. But uh, they're scheduled to run today. They say, though, on Saturday they're going to cancel the races. Management decision, they say. Okay. So we have nine racetracks on our racing menu today. Uh, we'll have uh, Tommy Massis checking in for, with us from Southern uh, South Florida. Jonathan Hardoon will be with us. Expecting maybe John Lindo to stop by just to give us an update on what's going on in SoCal. And uh, we're expecting Jerry to stop by and give us a thought or two about another betting strategy that he uh, has been giving to us on Wednesdays. Okay? Now, as you know, uh, coming up this week, we have a one race on Saturday that is a derby prep race with points attached to it. The Lecompte. Uh, the Lecompte will be this Saturday at the fairgrounds is part of the Louisiana Derby series that will continue with the Risen Star and then on to the uh, Florida Derby. So this is the first step, the uh, the LeCompte. That's today, uh, that's Saturday. And it will have 20 points to the winner, 8 to 2nd, 6 to 3rd, 4 to 4th, and 2 to 5th. So, you know, even if you're 5th place, you're going to get a little piece of some points for the Kentucky Derby. Now, of course, as you know, the uh, the Derby is is uh, the next focal point for us, 108 days away. And they have drawn for the Lecompte on Saturday. And that field, a grade three, mile and 16th on the dirt for 200,000 for the three-year-olds, has a field of eight in it, and from the rail out they are. Echo again, son of gun runner. Tyler Gaffleon riding for Steve Asmussen. The two is Dennington, a son of Gunrunner. Corey Lannery for Kenny McPeak. The three is Bromley. Javier Castellano for Polo Lobo. The four is Confidence Game. He's an offspring of Candy Ride. James Graham for Keith DeSormo. The five is Tappet's Conquest, of course, a son of Tappet. Florent Garot for Brad Cox. The six, it's Itzo, Itzos. Brian Hernandez Jr. riding for Paulo Lobo. Lobo has uh, two in the race. The seven is Instant Coffee, a son of Bolt Doro. Luis Saez riding for Brad Cox. So Cox has a couple in the race. Cox is loaded with three-year-olds this year. And the eight is two fields. Jareth Love. Barry for Larry Ravilli. Ravilli, I should say. So that's a field of eight for LeCompte on Saturday. Part of a host of stakes races at the fairgrounds, six of them overall, that being one of them. The Colonel E.R. Bradley, the Duncan F. Kenner, the Louisiana Stakes, the Marie G. Krantz Memorial, and the Silver Bullet Day, all stakes races <coughs> along with the LeCompte on uh, Saturday at the fairground. So that's going to be the centerpiece. And, of course, Laurel Park has a whole, whole bunch of races on Saturday as well. They have six there. The Fireplug, the Geisha, the Jennings, Spectacular Bid, What a Summer, and Extra Heat. All uh, stakes races at Laurel. And um, scheduled for Saturday, but I guess going to be canceled if they uh, keep to uh, their posting of canceling on uh, Saturday for Turf Paradise was going to be the City of Phoenix and the Luke Craigbosch. We'll wait and see. They did post their uh, canceling on Saturday, but they raced. They're racing today. So uh, we'll try to figure that one out a little bit later, right? All right. Other news today. Oh, by the way, 
the Kentucky Derby Future Book Pool, the National Paramutual Future Book Pool for the Kentucky Derby, is coming up this weekend, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. So you'll uh, you'll get to see some of the horses in the action in the comp. Like I said, Brad Cox is loaded with three-year-olds. This guy's got 11 horses, 11 in the future book pool this weekend for the Kentucky Derby. There are 17 new betting interests amongst the future book pool offering this coming weekend. So we will wait and see there. By the way, LeCompte Stakes, it was named after a New Orleans racehorse, a horse that ran in New Orleans back in 1854. That at that time raced a four minute, a four mile, I should say, a four mile race in a huge record time of seven minutes and 26 seconds. How'd you like to watch that race and bet that race? Mm. Anyhow, a little bit of history for the comp. Okay. Um, now, I do have to mention the fact that <clears throat> two uh, individual horses, and both, I believe, are great horses in their own right. Okay. Beverly Park, you remember that's that uh, five-year-old, now six, by the way. Beverly Park is now six years old, the iron horse of racing, who had all of those starts last year. Well, he's going to make his first start this year, is expected on uh, Thursday, tomorrow, at Charlestown. First 2023 start. Now, last year he had 15 wins, and he started 47 times in his career with 25 wins. If this is not an iron horse, remember this horse ran practically every week last year. And he goes for his first start of 2023 at Charlestown. Wow, they waited 19 days before they started this horse for the first time this year. An iron horse. And another great horse, of course that we're talking about is uh, Flightline. Flightline, uh, six wins out of six starts last year was really without equal in 2022. And he got the accolades on January 17th, a couple of days ago, actually yesterday, he was named Longines World's Best Racehorse. Okay? London, England. By the International Federation of Horse Racing Authorities. Okay? And uh, believe it or not, uh, trainer John Sadler, along with a uh, portion, four of the representatives of the owners group, actually went to the ceremony in London. And... Um, he said he reflected on the global reach of the awards, and he added, this horse, meaning Flightline, ran medication-free, which fits well with the international communities moving forward. He said he entered his stable as a great horse and left as a great horse. So Flightline gets that of many different accolades and awards, no doubt, but he is the recipient of the world's best racehorse. Which, by the way, uh, his ranking r ranked right up there with the horse Frankel. Remember Frankel? Big, yeah. 19, I believe in that Frankel race in 1995. So, congratulations to Flightline and uh, to uh, Beverly Park. Two great horses within their own right, I think. All righty, time to get to work. Uh, what we're going to do is going to go our first break. And when we come back out of that, we're going to give you your racing menu and then uh, see if we can search out Tommy Masses, Jonathan Ardoon, maybe John Lindo, and Jerry J as well. Got to get a pick or two today, don't we? Sure we do. Come on. So we will be right back. Don't go away.
bet your favorite horse but can't make it to the race book? South Point Casino's Racebook has the answer. Come in and sign up for the Nevada Racebook mobile app. For just a $50 minimum deposit, you'll have the Racebook right at your fingertips, no matter where you are in Nevada. It's convenient, fun, and easy to use. When you do have time to visit, South Point Casino is the perfect place to be. Our Racebook is completely separate from the sportsbook and totally dedicated to the horse player. With 52 overhead TVs, free Wi-Fi, and cocktail service, bring your tablet or smartphone and plug into the USB ports to look up your favorite handicapping website without draining your battery. Want to wager from your seat? No problem with our IPTs. Just sign up, make a deposit, and you're off to the races. Plus, you'll earn points for dining, hotel, movies, entertainment, and the spa just by using the club card when wagering. Whether you want to come in or play from the comfort of your home, South Point Casino's Racebook has you covered. from drf.com is the exclusive past performance content provider for the race day las vegas show all righty back on race day las vegas by the way you know there's uh, this nfl playoffs going on yeah you know come on anyhow um the nfl divisional round uh is coming up the survivors of the uh, wild card round and so the wild card round winners San Francisco, Jacksonville, Buffalo, Minnesota, and Cincinnati, along with the Cowboys in Dallas, all advance. And this will be a long time that we have an NFL divisional round or even a Super Bowl that isn't represented by either, uh, you know, Aaron Rodgers or, or Tom Brady. They're all out. So the new young kids are taking over. Anyhow, uh, the Jaguars will face the Chiefs on Saturday. And the late game will be the Giants against the Eagles. That ought to be a goodie. And then Sunday, the Bengals and Bills will go at it again. Remember what happened last time when they canceled that game. And the Cowboys are going against the 49ers. Don't you think that's going to be a good one, too? We'll get a little bit of an insight on that a little bit later on this week with uh, Rich Ang because he's doing hot in uh, football. All right, and by the way, uh, just taking a look at some of the horse racing that happened over the weekend on Sunday. Mike Smith, big money Mike, won three races in the first six at Santa Anita on Sunday. How about that? But uh, the big winner of the day, the La Cunata Stakes, was won by Kirschenbosch, John Sadler, the trainer, by the way, and Kazuchi Kimura finally got a win, and it was a big one at Santa Anita. He won the La Cunana aboard Kirschenbosch. $8.60 the win there. And winning a photo finish over Gandora, who finished second, and smooth like uh, Butta, who finished third in the race. So, uh, Mike Smith, three wins, huh? Good stuff there. Hey, by the way, Jerry Jackowitz gave us uh, on Sunday at Santa Anita that third win that Mike Smith had was part of his uh, selection for part of his pick and not only did that horse win and pay 640 but he uh, rattled in the um, connectors that got you a trifecta and a superfecta in that race. So congratulations to Jerry for that. And at Aqueduct, Jerry came up with another winner for us. He had two for two on uh, Sunday. Aqueduct, his uh, horse paid 1080 And his link-ups uh, connected with the uh, exacta and the trifecta there as well. Kendrick Carmouche had a couple of wins on the card, but the big winner of the day was Dylan Davis. Four wins yes, uh, on uh, Sunday at Aqueduct. Four wins for Dylan Davis at Aqueduct on Sunday. And at Gulfstream Park, Jonathan Hardoon popped with a winner for us on Sunday at Gulfstream. Keratumbo paid seven twenty in the fifth race. Thank you, Jonathan. Luis Saez had three wins on the card. At Gulfstream on Sunday. And at Oak Lawn Park on Sunday. Wow. The early pick five. Ready for the payoffs? Seven even, 3160, 2280, $60.20 and $780. Yeah, you know it was a bomber, right? Winning numbers were five, five, four, one, five, five out of five for 50 cents, paid 
$97,784.65. Wow. Bada-bing. Well, let's see if we can find some winners today. Maybe not that big, but we'll take anything, and the boys did well on Sunday. Let's keep the mojo going. Here's the menu of racetracks available today in the racebook. Simulcast centers and racetracks around the country for his post times that we broadcast on the show each and every day reflect that at the Pacific Time Zone because we are Race Day Las Vegas and we are in the Pacific Time Zone. These will be the first post times that roll out in our race books today. So if you're listening here in Las Vegas at Sports Talk 1400 AM, first post times, these are them for the race books today. If you're listening anywhere else on all the different platforms that we have, websites, apps, podcasting, however, wherever, whenever. First post times are Pacific. If you're not in the Pacific time zone, adjust to it. I don't want you to miss anything like I miss mom and dad. Okay, 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 okay. Huh? Alright, here we go. We begin with Parks Racing. Now, Parks Racing yesterday had their pick five jackpot for 50 cents paid $4,218. Okay? But that wasn't a single ticket winner. So today... At Parks Racing, two pick five jackpot carryovers. They are $139,921, and the second one, $121,212. So you got two nice pick five jackpots going today at Parks Racing. They have 11 races, and their first post time is at 8.55, 8.55 today at Parks. Gulfstream Park is next. Their Rainbow Pick 6 jackpot carryover. Nice one. $282,245. Wow. Nine races. Gulfstream first post time, 9-10. We got Jonathan and uh, Tommy standing by. Try to help us out with some picks there at uh, Gulfstream today. First post time at Gulfstream again, 9-10. Then you got Tampa Bay Downs. Now, Tampa Bay Downs has a pick six jackpot carryover, $17,531. Nine races, first post time, 9.30. Mahoning Valley Racing is next, Mahoning Valley Racecourse. Pick six jackpot carryover, $25,170. Eight races, first post time, 9.45. Turf Paradise, eight races. First race is a quarter horse race, the last seven are thoroughbreds. Turf Paradise... First post time is 11.40 with a pick six jackpot carryover of $3,196. first post. Then we get to Delta Downs. Nine races at Delta. First post time is 2.50. And then five minutes later, you got racing starts at Turfway Park. Eight races. First post time, 2.55 at Turfway. Full fields. Big fields there, too. Their pick six jackpot carryover, $4,303. But they have a regular, that's, this is not a jackpot now, a regular pick five carryover at Turfway of $32,414. First post time, eight races, two fifty-five at Turfway. And then we uh, have Penn National. Penn National has seven races today, just seven races today at Penn National. And again, they have a regular pick five carryover. It is not a... Jackpot, regular pick five carryover at Penn National, $11,275. Now, they do have a super high five jackpot carryover there. That's only $645. So you got seven races, Penn National, first post time, 3 o'clock. Wrapping it up with Charlestown, their pick six jackpot carryover, $5,154. Eight races and a first post time of 4 p.m. at Charlestown today. Alrighty, that is your racing menu for your beginning of the week, Wednesday, January 18th, racing programs. Okay. All right. Let's go to uh, let's go to um, Jonathan Hardoon standing by. Jonathan, good morning. Good morning, Ralph. How are you? Good. Now. Uh, last year you began the, uh, road to the uh, triple crown, the road to the Kentucky Derby and, uh, right around the fairgrounds as well with Cyberknife. Now this year you guys have another connection there and it's in the LeCompte, right? On Saturday? 
Yeah, the same owner and trainer and uh, different jockey. This year, they're going with Louis Sayers. He's going to ride instant coffee. Gold Square is the owner. My son purchased the horse, and uh, they're very high on him. He's going to be one of the choices Saturday, so let's see what happens. Does he have the ty- same type of running style, or has he established one yet that Cyberknife did? Well, he comes from behind, I'll tell you that much, and uh, he's uh, not as high-strung as Cyberknife. He's not as crazy as him, but uh, he may be as good as him, so we're going to find out. All right. Well, good enough. Uh, we'll wait and uh, check that out. We'll That's... have rooting interest all year, Ralph. It's fun. Yes, it is. <laughs> That's for part. sure. And uh, you, know, uh, you get uh, behind-the-scenes action, and you find out what's going on, and uh, it's a good situation to be in, and a lot of listeners enjoy it. Yeah. We we did enjoy taking that uh, vicariously through you ride with a cyber knife, and he's still uh, he's still eligible for an Eclipse Award. We'll wait and see, that's for sure. But certainly a mention that that you know, I, for the people who didn't Don't vote get for me started, Ralph. well, that's Don't what get I'm saying. Uh, for, you know, I can't understand <laughs> that. But then uh, we'll we'll move on because now that you beat COVID, I don't want your blood pressure to go up too much. Don't worry, because a week from Saturday, he will stick it to all those people that voted because ah. he was going to win the Pegasus at Gulfstream. So you didn't want to give him the award. You didn't want to give him a mention. No problem. Now ah. look who looks stupid. <laughs> <laughs> oh, a little bit of Digaruski. A little bit of Digaruski there, huh, buddy, for your Wednesday. Uh, that's your Wednesday soapbox, I guess, huh? Yeah, and by the way, they could have run at San Anita yesterday, from what I understand. Oh, yeah. The weather was beautiful there, and uh, that's the problem. You know, you cancel all these times in advance, and most of the time it works out, and you look like a genius. And then you have a day like Monday when it was as beautiful as could be. They could have run the races. It would have been a great day for racing, and everybody's sitting home. So, you know, the days of off-tracks, Ralph, in Southern California are gone. And they're just not going to run if there's any moisture in that track. And uh, it's not a good thing. There are horses that are bred to run in the mud, you know, and uh, they're just so nervous and afraid of being of doing the right thing, I guess. I don't know. It's all, it looks like it's overcompensation, in my opinion. Well, we'll wait and see. That's for sure. Um, uh, you can't knock uh, as as cautious as they are. And I'm not saying that they should be that cautious, but as cautious as they are, you can't knock the record of uh, horses that, uh, you know, the racing there, because I believe there were no um, no deaths in the entire no, year. Listen, safety's the first, yeah. uh, safety's the first concern yeah. in the game. We get that. But it also becomes a, uh, comes to a point where, listen, the good news is this doesn't apply often in California, maybe one or two months a year, but you have to really deal with the weather. So, you know, they've been dodging it. They've been zigging and zagging. It's just the way it turned out Monday. They don't look too bright. That's it. Well, yeah, and, you know, you're always dependent on the weatherman who is as right as, uh, you know, handicappers are on horses. So we'll, we'll, uh, we, you, you can't knock them for that because our weather is the same thing here. You know, they expect a front to come through, and then sometimes it slows up, and sometimes the the uh, – the wind or whatever uh, carries it another way. So I can understand that. I mean, <clears throat> especially for the state of California, the entire state, because they've been getting hammered uh, in central and, and northern California. But uh, And we've had a lot, to, too. I've turned my sprinklers off. I haven't been on for a month. You know, even the football game in San Francisco, they expected to be rain, uh, played in, you know, yeah. torrential downpours and all that. But for the most part, it went smooth and then couple of great games over the weekend. All right. So we look at uh, the uh, Pegasus World Cup that's coming up a week from Saturday. And the horses uh, that have been invited in potential starters include Art Collector, Defunded, Get Her Number, Last Samurai, O'Connor, Proxy, Simplification, uh, 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 what is it, Skip Alongs, uh, something or other. Skippy Longstockings. Uh, yeah, Skippy Longstockings. That's right. Uh, and uh, Super Corno, White Arabia. So, Stiletto Boy. Those are some of the ones. Then you get, you know, the also eligibles, Law Professor and Riding with Biden, Bar- uh, Barbara Road, endured, endorsed and uh, Hoist the Gold. 
and of course Cyber Knight is among them. And the um, morning line, he, I think he's close to, if not the morning line favorite, but lukewarm at that. I mean, he's not going to be eight to five. His morning line might be seven to two, four to one, because it is a wide open race. But you think he's ready to to show them a what for? Cox says he's going out and he's going out with a bang. So you know, listen. Obviously, if you draw the thirteen or fourteen post, you're not going to yeah. be happy, and you're probably not going to have a good chance. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> obviously, post position has a lot to do with it. But uh, again, hopefully he'll draw inside or towards the inside, and uh, if they if he does, they're going to be they're going to have to run to beat him. Now and and again, uh, he's training well, right? He's just training. Is he training? Uh, lights out. Lights Cox out. Upset. Yeah, Cox is Cox is upset. You know, it's sad to see a horse doing like this. He's going to retire. It's going to be his last race. But uh, business rules, I guess, in this game. And, sure. Uh, He's uh, headed to go to Spendthrift, Spendthrift, I should say, and he will be there, uh, I guess, in about 10 days. Okay, now, uh, you know, that's uh, moving on to another career, but Cox has got a whole barn full loaded of three-year-olds, among them instant coffee, obviously. But uh, how is this guy going to keep all these horses separated until they get to the Kentucky Derby? I mean, wow. And how's he going to keep all these owners happy? happy. It's a yeah. whole juggling act. You know? <laughs> Most of these guys, let's be honest, Ralph, they all have egos involved. And, uh, you know, but if you listen, if you sign up for Cox, you have to know what you're getting. Well, you know, yeah, he yeah. tells it like it is. And if you're not as good as other horses he has, you're going to drop in the rankings. And uh, that's just the way it goes. That's why you'll see a lot of times when horses will be moved from Cox because, He's just not good, and they're just not, you know, good enough compared to other horses he has. So he gives the owners a fair shake, and he tells them, move on. Yeah, well, and not only that, but owners, you know, when they buy horses, obviously they want to go to the Kentucky Derby. It's one of the dreams of most owners. And even if they're not, you know, the top-rated horses in a guy's barn, they'd still like to take a shot to go to the Derby. I mean, look what happened last year. Some crazy horse. I mean, you know, it's like a crazy long shot wins. So, yeah, I can understand both sides, that's for sure. Hey, of course, absolutely. You listen, people are putting up money. They're putting up serious money. Yeah. You're entitled to get a bang for your buck. All right, let's get started. Let's get a bang for a buck today. A nice winner on Sunday <laughs> that gave us uh, a nice Sunday evening dinner, but uh, we ate and spent the money, so. All right, so let's go to the eighth race today at Gulfstream. Uh-huh. Five furlongs on the turf. Uh-huh. And I like the number seven horse in here, Go-Go Shoes. Uh, this is a six-year-old mare who was claimed a few races back by trainer Mike Maker. The interesting thing about this horse is last time out, no Lasix. Two starts back, Lasix, she wins. Three uh-huh. starts back, no Lasix, no good. Back on Lasix today, rider switch to, to Joel Rosario, six to one on the morning line. Number seven, Go Go Shoes wins today's eighth race at Gulfstream Park. All right, going to show the heels to the uh, competition, we hope. Number seven, Go Go Shoes. Rosario aboard the seven in the eighth race. Nice six to one. Eighth race, Gulfstream number seven. Another or no? No, that's it tomorrow. That, that's it. All right, you got how many seats you got today? Just Gulfstream, Ralph. All right, okay. Well, you're just taking it nice and easy. Busman's holiday almost for you. Anyhow, we yeah. will uh, we'll we'll start cranking it up uh, throughout the week. That's for sure. Thank you, Ralphie. Stay safe, be well, and we'll talk tomorrow. Yeah, and you too, my man. We're glad to see you beat that COVID stuff. So uh, we'll talk to you tomorrow. Thank you. All right. Now we're going to go to Tommy Massas down there in Florida, basking in all that 70-degree weather down there. Uh, Tommy, good morning. Good morning, Ralph. Good morning, everyone. Gee, you get your sunblock with you, buddy? Nah, I'm pretty uh, dark, so I just get this real expensive stuff I put on my nose and on my cheekbones. But uh, okay, I'm against sunblock. It, it unless you know you got real white skin. Once sure. your skin is dark, that sunblock blocks pores, blocks uh, vitamin D. Tommy, nah. Tommy, I was I was, o- I was only kidding. <laughs> me too. Me too. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Now, you've been down there a couple of weeks. Can you tell me anything uh, about Gulfstream racing that the handicappers need to know? Uh, well, I was going to rant about uh, Santa Anita, but uh, Jonathan mentioned the horse with Joel Rosario, and I'll tell you a good joke. So I, I said, I'm sitting with a bunch of guys, and I said, Joel's riding horrible. He goes, That's not Joel. That's his brother, twin brother, Siego. 
Mm-hmm. I let it go. When I got home, I had to Google. Ciego means blind. So, <laughs> <laughs> Well, Rosario uh, won that stake uh, the other day at uh, Gulfstream uh, going gate to wire on the grass, and that was his birthday, right? So he had a birthday uh, win. Yeah, he, he had, you know, he's a, one of the greatest riders yeah. in the country, but he's been horrible. That's the only note I'll make. <laughs> okay. Uh, well, give me your 30-second uh, uh, rant on Sanita, and we'll get some picks from you. Yeah, the, the crazy things they do to not report deaths is insanity. And if they keep going, they'll be running their races in a swimming pool, and the, the horses will be swimming instead of running. Okay. But now you're telling you're you're telling me that uh, the stats that they're boasting about as far as uh, fatalities on the racetrack are false. Well, this is what they did about two years ago at Gulfstream, yeah. and I won't mention the trainer, but his horse had a, what looked like a catastrophic breakdown. It was a really well-bred filly, okay. And my friend, who's friends with this trainer, asked and said, "So you have to put the filly down?" He goes, "I don't know." He goes, "What do you mean you don't know?" Gulfstream came and took the horse away from me. I wanted to put her down. She was worth a fortune as a broodmare. We would have saved her if we could. And Gulfstream said, no, it's our property. And they took the horse and he didn't find, you know, it was like three days later. He still didn't know. He couldn't tell his owners where the horse was. Well, uh, I got to tell you, there's got to be more to that story. You just can't take possession of a horse that's owned by somebody else. Maybe take him off your, maybe, 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 wait, 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 Tommy. Maybe yeah. take him off the racetrack because they own the track, but I, the owner has to know what happened to him. Three days later, trainer and owner, the trainer said, I still, my, my owner's calling me. I don't know where the horse is. Well, maybe they I don't, dead. I don't know if it's alive. That's the trainer telling me. I'm overhearing this from the trainer. Yeah, I understand. Uh, and one more question, then we'll move on. Did the trainer uh, try to find the answer or just, uh, he said, well, nobody called me. Yeah, I'm sure he did find the answer, but okay. at that point, three days later, you know, it was the last time I was privy. He just happened to be sitting beside me and my okay. friend, and so. Okay, all right. So it's a it's a, a conversation that's not completely cemented down. Now let's get to Gulfstream Park. All right, we're going to go to race number four. Uh, I love number two, Unified Weekend. Mm-hmm. It looks like everyone else in here wants to go right to the front, uh-huh. and this horse comes from the back. Uh, he tried a, a crazy race, you know, uh, two back going long after his first win sprinting. Last time he was way over his head, a real rocket ship win that race, and it was a real tough field. So now he's dropping, gets a perfect scenario, and I'll even take three to one on Unified weekend today. Okay, and uh, Jose Ortiz is going to give you a lot of confidence, that's for sure. He's riding number two Unified Weekend, the two in the fourth race. Tommy's pick. You got any others? Yeah, race nine, number eight, Cosia, and this is kind of, I'm not sure. The horse has had two trouble lines in a row, dropping down. Everything looks good, but Bobby DeBona, you know, he did claim the horse for 10, so I'll take that back. Bobby DeBone is a, a real good, sharp trainer. I like when he's moving horses up, not uh-huh. down, but, you know, anywhere near that 6-1 to morning line, I got to take a shot that this horse is sound as a fiddle and ready to go. All right, and he is uh, going to be ridden by the Kentucky Derby winning rider, Sonny Leon. So in the yes, ninth, sir. that's right, in the ninth race, you like number eight, Cosia, the eight in the ninth. And back in the fourth race, you like the t- two unified weekend, the two in the fourth. Tommy, enjoy your sunblock, my man, and we'll yes. talk to you tomorrow. And I am going to use Ciego Jonathan's pick in uh, Sirocco late double. <laughs> right, you're going to use uh, Rosario in the eighth race, Jonathan's pick as well. Nice, nice call. We will make that to Sirocco double today. Thanks a lot, uh, my man. You got it. Good luck, everyone. All right, we'll be right back. Want to bet your favorite horse but can't make it to the race book? South Point Casino's Racebook has the answer. Come in and sign up for the Nevada Racebook mobile app. For just a $50 minimum deposit, you'll have the Racebook right at your fingertips, no matter where you are in Nevada. It's convenient, fun, and easy to use. When you do have time to visit, South Point Casino is the perfect place to be. 
Our race book is completely separate from the sports book and totally dedicated to the horse player. With 52 overhead TVs, free Wi-Fi, and cocktail service. Bring your tablet or smartphone and plug into the USB ports to look up your favorite handicapping website without draining your battery. Want to wager from your seat? No problem with our IPTs. Just sign up, make a deposit, and you're off to the races. Plus, you'll earn points for dining, hotel, movies, entertainment, and the spa just by using the club card when wagering. Whether you want to come in or play from the comfort of your home, South Point Casino's Racebook has you covered. Back on race day, uh, we're going to go now to uh, John Lindo. And, John, uh, I know that uh, you uh, took a picture of a beautiful day on Monday out at uh, Southern California, but they had already canceled the races as a precaution, right? Yeah, a little bit of both. Obviously, the the rain was in the forecast. It did rain Sunday night into Monday, and down where I live in Carlsbad, we did get a little rain on on Monday. Uh-huh. But, you know, it, was, it wasn't too bad at all in Arcadia, but... More than uh, being careful about the weather predictions, you know, they were having, they were going to try and run an all dirt card and, and, and the fields were just so light that, you know, when they were taking entries, they just said, well, let's just wait another day. And, uh, you know, it, it's not going to be good to put on a show like that, especially if the weather's going to be bad. So they just decided to call off. And as a result, now we got a nine race card on Friday that was going to be a dark day and five grass races there. So we're trading a bad Monday card for what looks like a good Friday card this week. Not to mention the fact that, uh, and we're talking business now, that Gulfstream did not have a Monday holiday card. And so when uh, the same owners of a track at uh, Gulfstream and Santa Anita, which are, they are very successful when they concurrently uh, run races on big days with the, uh, you know, cross-country pick five and all that good stuff, they are making headway as far as that is concerned. When you didn't have uh, Gulfstream running Anyhow, and you will have on Friday, uh, it was a good business decision, I think. Well, yeah, but yet on the other side of the coin, it had to hurt Golden Gate, which was running all by itself on Monday. Mm-hmm. You know, they kind of go back and forth between Golden Gate and Santa Anita in the mm-hmm. afternoon. So they didn't have the big Southern California track to, to kind of bring people in to play that day. Mm-hmm. So, you know, Gulfstream, I'm sure, I mean, excuse me, Golden Gate, I'm sure, suffered a little handle problem yeah. on Monday just because there was nothing around them. Well, I don't know. I know one thing. This is the uh, phone app uh, betting generation. And uh, if they were a little bit uh, antsy on a day when they didn't have any mail to worry about or anything like that, they might have uh, jumped in at Golden Gate. You never know. Yeah, I, I didn't see the handle numbers. I hope so. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, they were able to run. And, and we'll get back on the normal schedules this week. Again, Friday was supposed to be dark. We'll race Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Golden Gate's on their normal schedule as well. And uh, and uh, right now it's clear and sunny. The weather's supposed to be good this week. So hopefully everything dries out and we're good to go on Friday. All right. Now, uh, John, you know that when you go to uh, – when you're looking at your Twitter feeds and all that and you and you're looking at Twitter – uh, sometimes you have to take every posting with a grain of salt because you 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 sometimes you can uh, double check it with another source, and sometimes you can't. Now I saw a tweet that uh, commended the uh, California Southern California racing for zero main track deaths in 2022 on the uh, racing. You know, uh, 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 deaths as far as in races and. Um, if that is the case, that's tremendous. Yeah, that's at Santa Anita. Mm-hmm. Uh, last year in 2022, during racing on the main track, there was no catastrophic injuries during the races. So that's, you know, considering what happened in 2018 and, yeah. and 2019, you know, we, we've all been dealing with all these protocols and everything else, and there have been positive results. And you just wish, you know, that, okay, the, Obviously, these things are, are helping, mm-hmm. and uh, the horsemen and everybody else have made commitments and, and have suffered through some changes to get there. Yeah. But the people that criticize the industry, they don't take note of the fact or recognize that you know steps, positive steps have been taken, and they'll you'll, you'll never see a group from PETA acknowledge, hey, that you know they they did a really good job. You'll you'll never hear that from them. The only thing they'll be happy about is, hey, uh, they're closed for good. 
So uh, there's no, no reason to recognize the, the, those factions because there's only one agenda. Well, if uh, problems get solved and they're uh, funded by, uh, you know, putting a spotlight on problems, they'd be out of business. So we all know what their you know, bottom line is. Anyhow, exactly. Anyhow, uh, Linda report this week. We're doing Gulfstream Park tomorrow and then Santa Anita Friday, Saturday, Sunday. And I know you, you mentioned that uh, Jerry Day is going to talk about some handicapping angles. Well, here's one for you, you guys need to keep you know, in mind. Uh-huh. Uh, during this time, like for this week is a good example. Yeah. Uh, Sunday at Santa Anita the, in the morning, it was just joggers and gallopers. Uh, Monday and Tuesday, just joggers only. Uh-huh. So horses have not been able to be on a, on a real absolute regular training schedule. And you have to watch the workout patterns on horses coming off layoffs or extended breaks mm-hmm. as opposed to the horses that have, that have recent races because it's hard to keep these horses on a regular schedule and get them fit during bad weather. So keep that in mind. And when you're looking at the horses, make sure they're on a, you know, once a week work pattern or, or whatever pattern that you see as, as being fit and ready to race. Yeah, and of course, each individual horse, like individual people, uh, will have different uh, uh, training schedules as far as uh, keeping them fit. But the consistency of it, I think, is the most important, right? Right. There was a, a maiden in the first race Sunday, Sully, yeah. who had uh, two, two or three gaps of two, two to two and a half weeks or so between works. And that's just not the style of the trainer John shares. So he figured to be a little bit of a short horse going in, and he, and he showed good speed to push Hajazi. Mm-hmm. But, you know, last 16th of a mile, he got tired, and I don't think that was unexpected. But you got to get a race into these horses when you can, and I think he'll just be a much tighter animal next time. So you're just looking for reasons to, to take a stand against or take a stand for. And right now, you know, work patterns, especially for horses coming off layoffs, are really important. Yeah, no question about that, because if they're canceling racing, uh, per se, uh, in the afternoons, uh, the training schedule is going to be affected as well in the mornings because they're not going to let uh, horses, uh, you know, on the racetrack in the morning if they can't let them on in the afternoon, that's for sure. Thanks a lot, John. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Okay. Good luck today. All right. You got it, my man. Thank you. All right. Now we're going to go to Jerry Jackowitz. Uh, what's up today? What are, you going to, what are you going to educate us on today, Jerry? Good morning, everybody. Well, we wanted, you know, we've talked about making a, uh, and this is sort of the review, making a emulated wind bet. Mm-hmm. We're using the exactas. So we take a particular horse, and mm-hmm. then instead of just making the wind bet, you do an all, and oh. then you take in your two or three or four best horses, and you make exactas for different amounts to push up the bet. And you can always see the payoffs. So you kind of ha- should have a sense of how much to bet on each one. The one thing I wanted to really stress is that I don't bet favorites. And so this, we're really talking about second, third, fourth, and tenth choices in the races. Okay. But sometimes, so, you know, sometimes you're in a position now, this is what I want to add in, where you want to you search for a little randomness. You want to try and find a way to to uh, build up the bet. And suppose, let's say, we have a, a, a 5 to 2 shot that we're making um, a, a win bet on, but instead of the win bet, we make the exacta with three or four horses and um, maybe reverse those. Um, but then we need a little bit something more. We might go and put an all underneath in a trifecta. So we might have a structure of one by three or four by all. Okay. And again, we've really still just made a win bet because when the horse wins, we're going to win. And the payoff is going to be structured around the um, exact and we can go with the trifecta and we can compare that ultimate payoff to what it would have been had we put that same amount of money on the horse on the nose. Um, if we think that there's some bad. First, second, first, and third, and fourth choices, and we get a long shot in there in the on the all phase. That's really good, and let, that will will build our payoff up better than the win bet would be. All right, let me ask uh, you. Let me ask you this: with the uh, new wave of those computer betters that come in the last minute and put a gazillion combinations together to fill uh, um, juicy holes in the in the uh, payoffs, etc. Does that affect uh, this particular philosophy? It does. I mean, it, and it can it can affect it in both ways. Uh-huh. There are times where they'll normalize the output and and uh, 
and increase your payoff. Right. And there'll be times when they'll they'll decrease your payoff. It's both things are going to happen, and uh, so you you're just going to have to. I mean, that's the. the you're just going to have to live with it. You're not going to get uh, the probability is, is that some of your some of your uh, payoffs won't be as as juicy as they maybe once were, but uh-huh. uh, they'll, they'll still it'll still pay. You'll still be able to compare it to the uh, exacta price and the win price. Okay. And there's one other thing you can do if you really um, really feel good about the way the play is structured and you really like the idea of doing a little uh, what I call random fishing, uh-huh. you might take the win bet, the horse that you're betting to win, go by your three or four exacto horses, put them in the second position and the all in the third, and then flip it, go one by all by the three or four horses that are in your second set of horse, uh, second set of bets. And if you hit with the if it happens to be your numbers come in two and three, let's say you had the one over the two, three, four, and uh-huh. it comes in one, two, three, or one, two, four, you'll end up having that trifecta two times. Okay. Now, let me ask so, you this. That, uh, that you just explained, you gave us uh, two plays on uh, Sunday. Both of them hit with the right. link-ups that uh, gave us uh, payoffs in the trifecta and the superfecta in one race. Did right. that? Did uh, those payoffs, were they... Um, did they, did they give credence to what you just said? Yeah, actually, they do. <laughs> but I can't. I don't remember them off the top of my head. But I know that they actually right. uh, there was there was some nice value in the trifecta. So yeah, it was it kind of pushed them up. Yeah, it kind of pushed them up a little bit. But um, yeah, it's but a lot of it has to do with the way you view the race. And uh, again, betting should follow handicapping. So if you have a, an opinion. On the race, that this is okay. This is my key horse. This is the horse that has both a reasonable chance to win and has the right value structure. And I feel that that's this is a solid bet. It's not necessarily your your number one horse in the race for probability. It's your number one horse from probability and value. And uh, you get into the play, and you say, "Well, I really like my turns. My turns are really strong." Right. You're not gonna. You're not gonna be pushing out for that trifecta. All right. But if you feel that your turn, the turn group is maybe a little bit weaker. Right. Then you're gonna push for the turns. Music. Music is playing. One more thing to say. Say it. Have a great race day, everybody.